0: The, this week is about sort of answers to prayers or, or or prayers that aren't aren't answered or aren't yet answered, questions you guys had all in that realm in the space of answering or trying to discern answers to prayers, that sort of thing. And these are tough questions, um, as you guys have already seen in the other sermons too. So one thing we wanted to do with this one is like these kinds of questions vary a lot based on just like experience with God, having followed him for any amount of time and different, um, you know, highs and lows we've had with him. So, you know, we, don't, we didn't want to kind of try to convey that there's one answer to these some of these things, and they're all straightforward and easy and simple. I think something that can be really cool is hearing from multiple people who have thoughts on this, who've had experiences with this, and that through that, through that kind of... Um, collective experience following Jesus, we can gain some wisdom from our fellow believers here. So we have some brothers and sisters who've been willing to respond to these questions, and they're tough, so I would just say have grace for them. Like, you know, you guys wrote these questions. Some of you know exactly what you did to these people (laughs) by asking some, but they're really good ones. They're really good questions, and so uh, we just wanted to hear multiple perspectives on them. So here's some ground rules for you guys is, um, you know, you guys already... Plan some of your responses or whatever. If something that somebody else says sparks a thought for you, totally hop in and join in on that. We've got a little bit of time, wiggle room for that, and we don't want to miss out on something that the Spirit might be putting on your heart to say. And so feel free to do that. Uh, other than that, the ones that you guys have already planned on responding to, as long as time allows, we'll try to do all of those that you have, you have planned. And if we start running out of time, I'll move us on to the next question. And these are the kinds of things that are great to ask for more information and have a discussion about with any of these folks afterward. If you have further questions, of course, the nature of these things is we have just limited time. We can't get into everything, but we want to do whatever we can. We want to be as helpful as we can to the questions you guys are asking about prayer so without further ado i'm just gonna I'm gonna pray real quick over this conversation and then we'll get into it um Lord thank you so much for just the chance to seek your heart and seek understanding about um, getting answers discerning answers understanding when um, you have you have already answered a prayer in a way all these kinds of questions that really um, really affect us in our just daily lives our weekly lives through many different seasons as we um, grow in prayer to you, and I just pray that you um, would speak through our, our friends here and help us to learn um, just as much as we possibly can with the things that you really want us to learn today. Um, I just pray that you'd open our hearts, and I just pray you'd speak through our brothers and sisters here, and um, yeah, just uh, give them the words that you want us to hear today and help our community grow in the in the ways you want us to in prayer and help us to get closer and closer to you and a uh, better and better understanding of just this relationship you want with us in prayer. Um, we ask all these things in the name of your son. Amen. Amen. First, can you guys just introduce yourselves and let us know who you are? And I've we've set it up where we kind of are sharing mics between the two. I'm going to hold on to this one in case I need to like referee a little bit and be like, whoa, 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 Kurt, back up, you know. Um, but you, if you guys can kind of share mics between you two, that'd be great.
1: Hello. Oh, perfect. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah. Um, I graduated from UNT um, almost a year ago last December. Yes, call. Um, And yeah, so I just kind of recently made the transition from college ministry to, you know, adult ministry. Um, Yeah. And so just seeing the difference between those two ministries and just how God has been consistent through that, but also seeing how he's kind of supported me and that change has been really cool. Um, And it's been really cool being at DNC and being supported through that transition. And so, yeah, I'm excited to be here talking about prayer. And
0: Hannah very recently jumped in and started helping help lead various parts of the Jesus and Me kids ministry stuff. So shout out to to that. Thanks for doing that, Hannah.
2: My name is Kurt. I also work with the kiddos. Um, I used to be the children's minister in Garland for a number of years. But anyway, I am a retired school teacher. And But with all that said, did I say I was the shepherd? one of the shepherds here? No, I am one of the shepherds here. Uh, some of you don't see me a lot just because, like I said, I'm in jam one month and I'm in here one month. So that's why if you've that who is that old guy up there that I've never seen before? That's who I am. So. Oh, thank you, brother. <laughs> yes. My name's
3: Emily. I'm Josh's wife. I'm also a pediatric nurse practitioner, um, and... Just to give a little caveat, I will likely cry today, so if there's something, I just can't, I have no control over my emotions, and so if you can't hear me or you can't understand me because of my crying, just to like, be like, I need you to repeat that, but when I gave my sermon over the summer, I was only like seven weeks pregnant, and I cried through that whole thing, and that was why, so just so now that you know, you know, I'm not normally a crier, but I am right now, so sorry about that.
2: We'll cry with you, okay, so go (laughs) ahead.
4: Uh, I'm Steven. I work with the Denton Focus team as a campus minister right now. And um, I will probably not cry up here. <laughs> and I, I, I've prayed a few times in my life, so I've, I would say I'm qualified <laughs> to be up here.
2: You can count them out. Uh, I am happy to, I will say I'm happy that somebody else has paper notes up here besides me. I feel a little better. Thank you, Steven. I appreciate that. Uh,
0: Before we jump in, I am a little bit shape challenged, and I wasn't really paying attention. Could you two kind of scoot your chairs back just a little bit so these guys over here don't see the sides of your heads? I was like, there we go. Is that better? Anything else from y'all's point of view that's annoying that you're going to be bugged by the whole time and not be able to listen? Is that good? Okay, sweet. Maybe. (laughs) Okay, so this first question, I thought there was something else I was going to say, but I've lost it now, so we'll just move on. Um, (laughs) The first question is, Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So some of these questions, actually, if you're not paying really close attention, they can sound sort of repetitive. But we wanted to actually keep all these in because if you pay attention, you'll notice they are asking slightly different things, different aspects about discerning answers about prayer and stuff like that. So please, yeah, notice that, you know, if if they sound a little bit the same, just I think we're going to have these up on the screen too so you can read them, and that they are asking about slightly different things from each other. Okay, this first one is, how do you trust that God is listening to your prayer especially when he doesn't answer right away?
2: I'll take that one, I think. Um, Yeah, how do you trust that God is listening to your prayer, especially when he doesn't answer right away? If you're a believer and uh, you believe in our great God and you believe in Scripture, I think you look at God's record throughout history People start calling on him in Genesis 4 and all throughout history. He is just one right after another. He has um, answered prayers, and some prayers have been yes, and some prayers have been no, and some prayers have been wait. And the, the, the second part of this question, especially when he doesn't answer right away, that's a hard one. That's a hard one from all of us. But you look also through the history once again, and you see where people waited on God for years sometimes you know a lot of their lifetime waiting on for him to answer things and you know but eventually he did a, a lot of times um, throughout history so i think god's track record is impeccable or his track record is impeccable and so i think we can we can if we trust uh, trust god if we believe god who he is if we believe in the scripture and what it says i think you can look at that and that helps us with um, answering part of that. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Isaiah 40:31. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've got a a little story. Some of you have heard this story, and and Leslie and I, if if you've heard it twice, you can just put up a two. You know, that's kind of how we help each other sometimes. We're like, okay, you've already told me. So if if you've already heard this story, you can put up a two, and that's cool. So, um, you know, when we first moved to Denton, I applied at the Denton schools because I was teaching in Richardson, and um, I applied at Denton, and nothing happened. And so I commuted to Richardson the first year. I applied again over the summer. Nothing still happened. I commuted to Richardson a second year, and then a third year, and eventually I wound up retiring because I was. I thought, well, it's. I guess it's not God's plan for me to uh, teach up here, and eventually I retired from teaching. Well, six years later, an opportunity. I work for Brad part time, and I'm very thankful for that. That's one of my favorite jobs. And uh, But I also get to work in the schools now, and I work part-time in the schools, and I look back, and as hard as it was, and it wasn't very easy to do that commuting and all that, I realized that God said no for a reason and no for a season. And so that's what I had to account that to. And so sometimes no may not mean now, and sometimes no is no. We can trust God even when it's, the, it's not the answer we wanted, or when, he, or when he doesn't answer right away. We just have to be patient with all that.
0: That's good.
3: Um, I think this question comes down to a quote by A.W. Tozer that I think, I can't remember if Josh or if Grant mentioned this recently in their sermons, but um, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And, um, I think that that in that case, what we think about God will also inform the way that we relate and understand how he responds and interacts with us. Do I believe that God is good? Do I believe that God cares about me and wants what's best for me? And if I believe those things, then I also must believe that God is listening and working on my behalf, even in the midst of perceived silence. And if you don't believe those things, maybe that's where you start, um, with grappling with what it is that you do believe about God. And then you can go to God's word with that and or grab a friend who can study it with you and help you see the truths or untruths about what you're believing about God. I think just getting to a place where you feel confident in God's character, which is kind of what Kurt was saying, and his goodness can help you feel more at peace about um, waiting on the answers to your prayers or still trusting his goodness despite feeling like the prayer went unanswered or that something went the opposite of what you prayed for.
1: Um, as far as like, you know, how do we trust that God is like listening to our prayer? I mean, I think we can just look through scripture and, you know, we see countless examples of people throughout the Bible that are praying. And I mean, we even see Jesus teaching us how to pray in the Bible. And, you know, in Matthew six, he's preaching his sermon on the Mount and that's where he introduces the Lord's prayer. And he explains, you know, how to pray, when to pray, where to pray. And so, you can just look at that example of Jesus praying. And so then if we look at our faith and say, okay, we're following Jesus, you know, we're giving to the needy, we're taking care of our friends and family, you know, we're doing this, this, and that. It's like, okay, why would you trust all that Jesus is saying? Like, we're doing this and that. But then, oh, with prayer, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know if I can trust Jesus on on this thing. But with everything else, I do trust. And so it's like, well, that kind of seems like, That's just the most simple thing. Like, that's kind of step one in that relationship with God and with Jesus. And so that's kind of just what I think about, like, the Lord's Prayer. That's really foundational, I think. And, like, for me, that was one thing that was really comforting when I, like, was first learning about just, yeah, church and my relationship with God and with Jesus, like, Um, It was funny. I was like telling my small group about this. I was like, yeah, when I first learned to pray, like my prayers, I didn't know how to pray. And so they were very structured and I was just repeating like things that I had learned before. So I was like, okay, I'm just like praying the Lord's prayer, like at home. I don't know. And so, yeah, like I definitely think God heard that, but he hears just like my little prayers too. And so I think, yeah, I definitely know that he comes alongside me in that. And yeah, so I think that's just comforting to know that that's what Jesus taught us from the beginning, for sure.
0: That's really good. I think you can hear a little bit in all of three of their answers just knowing God, knowing God's character, familiarizing ourselves with what He says in Scripture can be a really good help here and in terms of practicals, if you're looking for those. I also think just like some of the stuff that someone like Kurt kind of glosses over. Um, that's actually a really big deal is think about up the time he commuted for two years and then he was retired living here in Denton doing other jobs for like what was it six years after that so that's eight years waiting for a prayer to be answered and it's answered and God's good like he did that you know and so I think a lot of times that is it seems like a long long time but it's cool that God made that work and um, you know that's the kind of patience that a lot of us don't really have we can ask God for that too but don't gloss over that like you know Kurt waited a long time for that and he waited really patiently for that and really kept asking God for that. And God did did, did answer that prayer. So um, moving, we're going to move on to this next one. Does God answer every prayer or do some prayers go unanswered? Does God answer every prayer or do some prayers go unanswered?
4: Yeah, I'll start with this one. I Initially, I was a little bit confused at, um, like, yeah, what does unanswered mean? I, I was wondering if the person was wondering, yeah, does God, like, answer no to some prayers or is he, or is the person wondering, does God sometimes not give any answer, like, forever and just, like, leave it, like, unanswered completely? Um, I mean, if it's the first one, like, does God, you know, always answer every prayer with, like, yes or something? I, I think, you know, we definitely see a lot of examples of of God answering no to many prayers and what, like, what Kurt and, you know, a lot of the rest were saying, like, is Sometimes the answer is not clear to us right away, and sometimes maybe the answer is just wait, and so there's no like definitive answer yet. But I, I think definitely we see... I mean, I think it was Josh who talked about Jesus in Gethsemane um, and several other examples where people like prayed for things and God didn't seem to respond yes. Um, like the example I was thinking about was Paul's thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12. Um, he says, you know, basically... He asks that, um, sorry, I must have written down the wrong verse because I can't find dates. Um, yeah, he says, like, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. And three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And basically, yeah, like I mean, if there's anyone who we've seen consistently in Scripture, like, connected with the Lord, having, you know, been able to do powerful things, having his prayers answered, Like, Paul is, like, one of the greats, and he asks God three times to redo this thing for him, and God apparently says no every time. Um, And, I mean, I feel like that's definitely been true for me throughout my life, that sometimes the things I pray for, God just decides not to give me, Um, whether it's, like, you know, physical healing from something um, or even just, like, defeating sin struggles or you know asking god to show up in a friend's life or something like those are all good things but sometimes the answer is just no. Um but I mean we've talked about that already and I think some of the other questions talked about that too. I was wondering like yeah what about like no answer does god ever like just re- decline to respond to a question and um, if that's if that's what the question was I think um I don't I don't it was kind of hard to find scripture that like you know clearly like talked about this specifically but I do feel like um, overall, I've noticed a, a big pattern in my life is that I want God to like just tell me what to do a <laughs> lot, and um, I feel it'd be easier if God just told me every day like wh- how I could best follow him, and I feel like that, it'd be so easy being a disciple at that point, but I mean, obviously, that's probably not true, but um, but I do think what God gives us is a lot of freedom and choice to serve him how we choose to and how we want to, and uh, he's like, you know, basically, like, you know, the harvest is plentiful. There's like a whole field here, and i 'm not going to tell you exactly where or exactly how to to harvest and how to um, serve me, and you have the freedom to do it in this way or that way, how you see fit as long as it is like in line with god 's will and um, I think yeah, for a long time i 've just like prayed that God would tell me, okay if i 'm going to work in ministry, like what is that going to look like? where is that going to be? am I going to go on a mission somewhere? Is that going to be soon where like and I just like wanted a lot of answers for these things and I just don't think God told me because I don't like I think He wanted me to be able to choose for myself and just not like take the cop out route of like, oh, like I'll just wait for God to you know tell me exactly how to do every step in my life um but yeah, that's kind of my response for that
2: I do want to say just add with what Stephen was saying there, but just because God says yes doesn't always mean it's going to be easy either. I know that when we moved up here, we, well, we helped start in Garland 25 years ago, and starting that new church, there was just birthing a new church is not easy, and then to do it again later in life, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we prayed about coming up here and all that, and I feel like God gave us the answer to to move up here, but I just want to say, just because God says yes doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That everything's going to be great and all that. He just may say he may say yes to what you're we're praying for, but there still may be some things that you're going to have to go through to to get get there. So, just wanted to add at that.
0: That's good. Yeah, I think um, what's interesting about this idea too is just talking thinking about patience and waiting. These are like some of the most classic, most dear. Sort of Christian traditions, <laughs> patience and waiting, all the way even through just uh, the the early Israel. In um, we've already heard some examples of that too. But just like waiting for God to move, waiting for God to act to bring them out of slavery, to bring them to the promised land, to uh, bring a kingdom, to bring a Messiah. These things that that God promises and delivers on. But you know, a big part of our just tradition through the line of people that we are descended from that follow God is this uh, this idea of trust, this idea of waiting, this idea of being patient. And um, it is like sort of one of the core <laughs> kind of parts of being a Christian. And uh, we get to join in with that. We get to join in with people who, who waited for longer than we have for things in the Bible um, and who have longed for Jesus' return before we were ever born. We get to join in with that and have this camaraderie with believers all over the world and who've come way before us in waiting. I just wanted to add that to their before we move on to the next question, but, um, this third one is, how can you tell when a prayer is answered, especially those that don't yield fast results? How can you tell when a prayer is answered, especially those that don't yield fast results?
1: Uh, yeah, I, is this on? Okay. Uh, yeah, I have a few thoughts. Um, Mainly on the quicker side of things, because, yeah, like that patience and waiting, I mean, yeah, that's a hard, complex topic that Christians have been faced with for, you know, an eternity, really. But, yeah, as far as things that are more immediate, I mean, really that immediate Reaction that you may feel sometimes, and that I have felt, um, yeah, is that just that sense of peace or like tangible understanding? I mean, you will feel that sometimes, and you'll understand, okay, that was an answered prayer. And a lot of the time, that is like, yeah, kind of that, um, physical healing, or yeah, like, where am I going to be sent on mission, or where, you know, who do I need to talk to? A lot of the times, you might receive an answer to that. Um, But a lot of the time, too, I think this is where community comes into play. And so, yeah, I think it's just important to be in touch with, you know, the people at church or your partner, your roommates, people in your small group, you know, whoever it may be that's kind of in your circle, to be involving them in your prayers and say, hey, like, I think I heard this from God. Like, are you seeing this in my life, too? Like, do you think this is kind of making sense you know do you think this was coming from God and they might tell you no they might be like oh actually I kind of think you made that up or I kind of think you know maybe that wasn't super aligned with how I know God to be. And, you know, you can get multiple opinions and you can bring those back to God. But I definitely think it's helpful to involve the community for sure. And as well, just paying close attention to like sermons and teachings and things that you're hearing um, in the church community as well. I think that can be super helpful um, to just compare those to what you think the answers you're hearing from God are um, as well. And then, yeah, just to bring us back to like in the first question we were talking about Um, getting to know God's character. I mean, yeah, I think that's important just in the whole process of getting to know God. But for sure, I mean, like any um, answers that you feel like you're receiving to prayer, I just think you need to compare those and think, you know, is this something that God's done in the past? Is this similar to his character? Like, would he do something similar um, to this again? Or, you know, and I'm not saying that God can't change things because he, you know, radically changes things all the time. But generally, his character stays pretty much the same throughout eternity. And so, yeah, I think definitely it's important to, yeah, involve your community and keep some different sources, you know, because a lot of the time we can kind of get in our head and just think, oh, God is very much like one way. And I think a lot of the time that's where Satan can kind of creep in and be like, oh, God is that way. Like, he totally is going to answer this way, like all the time. And then that's where you kind of isolate yourself and so definitely involving the community can be really helpful
4: yeah i i was thinking about this uh yeah like how can you tell when a prayer is answered like if you don't see right away like what god is doing about that prayer um, i like what hannah's saying about like yeah i feel like the more you get to know god's character the more you can kind of see like yeah like is this something that god is going to promise or has he already promised um because yeah i mean what well, we're talking about the first question with trust right like we well, the, th- the thing that we do know consistently with scripture is that if god promises it, he will deliver and it may take a long time um i mean we were, there's like so many examples in the old testament like most of the prayers answered are ones that took years if not like a whole life like abraham didn't have his son until he was like 100 and most of the other prayers we see or promises God gives, like, didn't even happen in the generation of the people that it was promised to, right? It was, like, hundreds of years later, and um, and so, yeah, when it comes to, like, yeah, like, especially those that don't yield fast results, I feel like part of that is just, like, learning to listen for God's voice and seeing, like, is he promising this, or um, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe he's staying silent as, as of yet, or maybe he says no, but, um, yeah, I think, like, the more that you talk with God and the more that you uh, spend time with him, that what I've seen is, like, people who are, like, really close to God do get the sense, like, okay, I do feel like God is saying yes, but it's just going to be a while or, um, or maybe no. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've, I've had that a lot where I've prayed prayers that I don't know if they, like, were ma- answered in the time. And I think maybe sometimes, like, it's okay to not know if God yeah. like, has given me the answer yet. Um, I remember praying when I was a freshman, like I heard a pizza theology with focus about, um, the Sermon on the Mounts and I was just really convicted about my hearts and how basically like ugly and terrible it was. And that the speaker was like, yeah, like, you know, pray to God like every day on your knees, like that he will change your heart if, if like, and, and he will do it. And because, um, like he says at the end of all that is like ask and you will receive, seek and you'll find kind of stuff. And, um, like I, I remember praying that like earnestly for a few days, and then just like, you know, just shrugging off from getting about it, and not realizing until years down the line, it's like, oh yeah, like all this stuff that's been happening over years, I think that was God answering that prayer, but I didn't know it was being answered, and I didn't even know that God w- had responded when I prayed that. Um, similarly, recently, like I, at a certain time, you know, years ago, I prayed that God would help me like see connections between the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, because that was something that was like really cool. Like any time someone would point out, like, oh, yeah, like, if you were a first-century Jew in this time and Jesus said this, you would immediately think this. And I was like, oh, I didn't think that. I want to, like, and I didn't really, like, think about that much and do anything with that, but I remember, like, just recently this year, I was, like, noticing a lot more of that happening and, like, remembering that prayer. I was like, oh, like, I think God was answering this prayer, like, over time, and I, like, I don't know, like, I, I think it's okay sometimes if we don't know that he has answered it or is you know, in process of answering it. Um, and I think something helpful for us is just to remember that, like, even if he doesn't, um, yeah, even if he doesn't, like, that doesn't, doesn't tell us that he will answer or that he has, that we, um, you know, just keep carrying on and just remember that, like, whether he has said yes or no, that's, um, that it's all good, you know? <laughs> and that, um, yeah, like, we can trust that he will deliver on his promises when he, in his own timing, but, um, yeah.
1: I,
3: right. I just got kind of just like a little anecdotal story, but I think um, one of the most obvious examples for me of answered prayer was how um, I ended up in Texas, but I'm originally from Indianapolis and had never been to Texas, and I know other connections with Texas, um, except for then my freshman year of college, I went to a random school in Kentucky and met a girl who ended up being one of my best friends. Um, and after that year, I transferred out and went back to school in Indiana and um after that, we would kind of joke about being neighbors after we graduated, um, but she graduated a year before I did because of the transfer, and then she and her husband ended up moving out to Abilene. Um, she came to visit me before um, they had dis- or before they moved, when they had decided on a move and was crying, telling me that our dream of being neighbors was unlikely now that she was moving to Texas. And I kind of jokingly was like, oh, it's no big deal. I, I can move to Texas, no big deal. And um, not really ever with any intention that I actually would. Um, but then flash forward a year and I was coming up on graduation and I was looking for a job and just really felt like I didn't have anything tying me down and I just wanted to be open to where God wanted me. And I'm not exactly sure like how theologically sound this prayer is, but I just prayed that God would just open and close doors where he wanted me and make it really obvious for me. Um, and so I remember talking to her on the phone, and she was kind of like, well, were you being serious when you said you could move to Texas? And I'm like, well, I'll apply and see what happens. And and I'd already been applying at a bunch of different hospitals in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis where I'm from, and um, hadn't heard anything back. I did have an internship where I would probably had a job, but I just didn't really have great piece about staying there and so um, I applied for at this random hospital in Abilene Texas never been to Texas didn't have any idea about what Abilene was going to be like or anything but that same week they called me for a phone interview I got offered the job that same week Um, they offered me a sign-on bonus a moving stipend um, also that same week Um, my friend and her husband lived in a duplex and on the other half were two girls that they went to church with and one of them got engaged that week and was going to be moving out in May and when when I would be graduating and needing to move down. Um, So it was just like literally this laundry list of things that kept happening and kept falling into place that I was like how could this not be God telling me like yes this is where you're supposed to go when this was my prayer was that just open and close doors where you want me. And so I um, decided to move forward with it, and um, as I was preparing to move, I was talking with friends about it and telling them kind of the story, because everyone's like, what, what, "What is Abilene, Texas, and why, why are you going out there?" And I'm like, "I don't really know, but we'll see." And um, and one of my friends' husbands was like, "You know, you should write down this list that of all these things that you feel like God has put into place for you to be there because." There'll probably be a time when you get there that you'll think, um, you'll start to doubt whether this is where you're supposed to be. And um, it was a good thing that I did, because um, I hated it. I moved, I moved out there, and, and and it was a really rough season for me. I I loved living next to my friend and her husband, and I actually did end up liking the job that I got. But just living in Abilent was really hard, just moving there right after college and not having... Um, any other friends or community that were there, but um, so I would frequently reference that list and be like, okay, I think, like, I, there's, there were so many things that you put in place, God, for me to be here. I feel I like really, I'm just going to trust that this is where you want me to be and um, I was there, had been there for two years at this point, I think, and still was just like, what am I doing here and really just struggling, but um, I had a lot of people that were encouraging me actually, especially back home, my friends and my family, like, why don't you just move back? Like, it doesn't make sense for you to stay here and hate it and um, and I just kept thinking like, I, but I really feel like this is where God's called me and this is where he's opened this door and I, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to be here. And um, I was, I'll was I just go back and reference that list of all of those things because I just felt like it was so undeniable that God had opened those doors for me. And so, um so let me kind of find my place here so um yeah, it's hard to say completely objectively like why I'm here, but I honestly do believe that um my faith has grown in a way that it likely wouldn't have had I stayed in my community that I was in, and I know, like, some people are like, well, that's where, I, yeah, that's your connection to Josh, and how you guys got married, and I'm like, I don't think that God brought me to Hawaii, Texas, to marry Josh, but I am thankful that it worked out that way, and that I am married to Josh, but I think that, you know, I could have moved back to India, and I could have married someone else, and I could have been living a totally different life, but God could have used that also, but I really feel like that I'm in a place in my faith that I wouldn't be had I, had I not moved, and That, obviously, to God is more important than um, any other relationship. And so um, I'm talking a lot. I had a little bit more I was going to say, but let me see. Um, So, yeah, kind of going back to what Hannah was mentioning, I think um, it's super important to involve community in that. So um, if you're praying about something specific and you feel like you got an obvious answer to prayer, I would recommend talking with your friends and fellow believers. Our mentors and making sure that it does align with God God's character, because I know a lot of people pray about things um, and feel like they've heard God's voice, um, and but don't discuss it with anyone and move forward. And they were just doing what they wanted to do. Um, so it's important to talk it over with people that you trust and are actually trying to follow Jesus. But if you feel like you got an answer that aligns with who He is, I would recommend writing it down for reference because it's easy to go back and. And doubt if you really heard from him. And then, if you don't feel like you got an answer, maybe try talking about it with your friends who are believers and see if they can help you see where God has answered your prayer. Or pray with you while you're still waiting. And then, um, going back to what I mentioned earlier in evaluating how you think about God and trusting that He's still good, whether you feel like the prayer is unanswered or maybe answering, or maybe it was answered in a way that you weren't wanting or expecting.
0: It's good. There's a lot of practicals mixed in with all of those answers, so don't miss those, please. There's a lot of things that might be kind of hard to take notes about or whatever. There's a lot happening, but don't miss the chance to take notes on those practicals, writing down things that you do feel like God has told you or has done for you to remember later. We see how the Israelites quickly would forget these things. We're the same way. Um, We can forget what God has done for us, so um, don't miss those kinds of practical things you can do that really do help in your relationship with God and your prayer life. How are we doing, guys? Good? Anyone need, a, everyone need, anyone need to stretch a little? <laughs> Judges. Judges, who's winning, by the way, so far? Just Oh, still, still tabulating? Okay, all right. Um, we're going to move on to question number four. We're getting close, so keep your attention spans close. Um, ring out the drops that are left. <laughs> How do I reconcile myself when God says no to something I have prayed for? How do I reconcile myself when God says no to something I've prayed for? How do
2: I
1: reconcile?
2: <laughs> how do I reconcile myself when God says no to something i pray for? Hmm. No. um for? No, I think um, Grant shared this a couple, a few weeks ago, just about Jesus in the garden and just asking God to let this cup pass from me. He knew, you know, I don't know how much foreknowledge Jesus knew with everything he was going to have to do and all that and just how bad that was going to be. But, um, but he, you know, he was asking, you know, Hey God, if there's another way, let it be. But uh, apparently there wasn't another way. So God basically had to tell him, no, you know, Hey, we've got to do it this way. And so uh, when God tells us, no, you know, something I prayed for, um, uh, when I was in, I just finished undergrad school, and I was wanting to go to OU to be a GA for the football team there because I I was – that was my goal at the time to coach college football. And there's nothing – I mean, everybody – every or a lot of careers in our life, you know, we just have to find balance um, as we're serving God. But I just didn't really feel like I could – as much as i wanted to do that and i had a friend that was doing that and my cousin was the trainer on the team i was that's what i wanted to do but i really felt like god directing me somewhere else and as much as just as disappointment in that um uh, i wound up going to grad school somewhere else and being a ga there for their department um and i met my wonderful wife there well not at that school but at church there in that town i was in so it all worked out, you know, (laughs) could God have done something else? Yes, but I'm glad he did it this way. I, I don't know that we would be having this conversation today if, if I had taken the path that I really wanted to take at the time, but I just look back and see God said no there, but he opened another door and um, 40 years later, the the, the story has changed for um, my betterment, uh, my wife, and uh, my family so i am thankful for that isaiah 55 8 9 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the lord see i get to cry first MC. you know for as the heavens are higher than the earth so my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts your thoughts
1: um yeah i might cry too i don't know um but yeah this just kind of reminds me um In the past, like, year or so, I've been dealing with a lot of um, just, like, personal illness and just, um, yeah, just being sick time and time again, like, probably three out of four uh, weeks every month for, like, a year. And, um, yeah, just having to work through, like, kind of what's causing it and, you know, what the next steps are. Am I going to doctors? Like, what, you know, what do I do? And so... I've been praying time and time again. I'm like, you know, God, what do I do? Like, what doctors do I see? Like, when are you going to heal me? Like, this, this, and that. And God, you know, it's that patience thing again. It's the waiting thing again. And so I don't know if it's exactly, like, is it a, is the response a wait? Is it a no? You know, it's just kind of like, a. I really have to be patient. And so, yeah, it's been really emotional for me to just, um, yeah, like, not experience that, like, radical healing that I, like, expect to experience, but um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, that Second Corinthians 12 um, where Paul is talking about the thorn in his flesh, and, and I'll kind of read some of it again, um, but it says... Um, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so, yeah, this, like, these conditions that I've been experiencing um, just kind of reminded me of this passage um, and sort of just the notion of, like, Um, spiritual strength and well-being versus, um, yeah, like physical or emotional and all of the more worldly aspects that we might be praying for, which makes sense because we are humans and those are the realms that we, you know, are in and we experience more often. But um, I was reading this um, commentary that I reference sometimes. It's called Bible Riff, if anyone's heard of it. Um, But they're talking about in second corinthians 12 specifically verse 7 where it's talking about the thorn in the flesh um and just some lessons about this verse and it the third lesson it says third spiritual strength is no guarantee of health wealth or prosperity as paul's reference to his own prayer makes clear and so i think yeah this just reminds me of um my relationship with god and the promise that i have um as a believer and just um, a child of God, that I do have a promise um, of life with God and eternity with God. And so that doesn't always mean that um, I am going to be healed instantly or that my life is going to be perfect on earth, Um, but there is, you know, peace on the other side. And so, I mean, that just brings me a lot of peace despite, you know, what I am feeling right now. And so, yeah, it's just been like a hard year, a hard time for me, but um yeah things like this just bring me peace and comfort in a time where you know the world would be telling me um like no you need to keep like fighting for answers like why are you just sitting around and waiting like you need to keep going 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 but I'm like you know actually maybe it's okay to just kind of sit in that you know unknowing for some of the time and maybe just I am just going to have to wait on the Lord to heal me from a lot of the things and you know there are sort of practical things that I can do but a lot of it is just having to trust in the Lord and know that his timing is better than anything that you know I can kind of predict so yeah.
0: That's really good. I hope as our friends are sharing some stuff that you can, you can kind of relate to some of this. Maybe it's been different in your life, but a hard season you've had, a hard decision you've had to make, times you've had to wait, and just ways that you can adapt this to yourself. You know, it's very different for each of us, the things that we encounter, but I hope that you can, you can adapt it for your situation. Kurt, was that the question you wanted to sing a song on? I was, no, I'm gonna I, do that at the end. Oh, okay, cool, Okay, right, cool. I had a note to make sure Kurt gets to sing the song, that just kidding. Leslie doesn't want him to, but I want him to. Um, So here's our our final question. How does prayer help heal people today? Can we disciples have a healing power of prayer, and why does God sometimes answer prayers with no when people are sick?
4: Well, um, how does prayer help heal people? I mean, I think prayer, like, basically... Puts us in connection with the God who can do anything, right? And I I think we do see prayer uh, resulting in healing often. Like, um, I mean, not just in scriptures, but in our world today, right? Like, I think, um, yeah, maybe like we don't see as much like in in our day-to-day lives here. But I mean, if you, um, yeah, I don't know. If you if you look at, I guess the greater, like, global church, like, history, like, w- the world. I mean, prayer does, like, do do a lot of mir- miraculous things in other places, right? Where we believe that the Spirit is alive and active today, just as it was, or he was, in, um, in the earlier church. And I've just, I mean, I've heard so many stories of crazy healings and crazy miracles all around the world. Um, and I've even, I mean, that stuff even happens here as well. Um, I've had the personal blessing of, getting to witness someone being healed, like right in front of me, it was like at a service with, uh, with my church in Austin. And I mean, there, I, I think the speaker was a guest speaker who focused on, yeah, just like gifts of the spirit. And like, there was a, one segment where we were just practicing like, Oh, like let's practice praying for healing. And, um, this, this guy who was part of the college ministry, I was like in high school, then, uh, he, his feet was, like, I don't know, it was, like, aching or hurting from something, like, really, um, just, like, I don't know, like, what it was. Like, he was, like, oh, I can, like, barely stand right now. And, you know, we just prayed together, and he he just instantly was healed. And I don't know what, like, what happened, but he was, like, he stood up, and he, like, ran up to them. It's like, I was, like, guys, like, I, I got, like, Jesus healed me right now. And um, it's, like, yeah, like, how does prayer help that? I mean, I think it just, like, puts us in connection with God and lets us, like, ask of him, Um, yeah, just, like, things that, you know, only he can do, Uh, I don't, you know, in that instance, it was, like, neither me nor, I mean, I was just some kid, and, you know, he was just, like, college shooting, like, neither of us, like, were the ones doing the healing there, right, but it was, it's God, and so prayer keeps that in the, you know, the forefront of our minds that it's God who's doing that, Um, but, yeah, can we as disciples have a healing power? Like, yeah, Um, but it's in Jesus' name, right, when we see that happen in in Acts in Scripture, like Peter and John and them always say, like, in the name of Jesus Christ, right, like, get up and walk, things like that. Um, But, yeah, but why does God sometimes answer prayers with no? I mean, I think um, Hannah did a great job answering that with the previous question as well. Uh, But, yeah, I think ultimately it comes down to the fact that I don't think Jesus, like, is here to heal every one of physical ailments in this life. Right. If, that's what he, if that's what his big goal is in the world, I think that would happen, you know, and he probably would have spent way more time healing uh, when he was on earth. But I think, uh, you know, he's here for a bigger picture and, you know, some of what their responses were for the previous question kind of, you know, ties this in well too. It's just like, I think God is doing something bigger um, and sometimes saying no to that healing is, you know, part of a greater plan that is going to be a bigger blessing either for us now or, you know, later. Like, with Paul and his thorn, like, I think it would have been great for Paul to be healed, but think of how, like, what a great example and picture we got from him to be able to, you know, still proclaim God's strength and his weakness. Um, Yeah, it's just like sometimes he's doing something else that we just aren't aware of. Uh, I mean, whenever uh, Mark 1 starts out with a bunch of healing stuff, right? And uh, this is Mark... One thirty-two to 39, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically, yeah, I mean, he healed some people, he cast out some demons, and everyone started bringing people to him to be healed, and he was doing it all night. Um, And then he later, the next day in the morning, he goes off to pray, and when he comes back, he tells his disciples, like, okay, let's go somewhere else um, so I can preach there also, because that is why I've come. Um, And then, so he left, and basically, like, everyone's like, oh, where's Jesus? Like, we want him to come heal. And he's like, no, I'm just going to go somewhere else, because... I'm i I'm guessing because like I'm not here to just heal a bunch of people, but I'm here to preach and if um and for some people like the healings and the miracles is like the way to you know to what Jesus wants in their life but um but maybe maybe God is looking for something else um that will lead you to you know to be closer to god and so yeah i, I feel like i the answer- i mean I don't really know like why Jesus says no sometimes and sometimes yes but uh, I think it also it's helpful for us to, you know, be humble with that and, like, what Kurt was saying, you know, like, his his ways are higher than ours, like, him saying no may not be, like, it may not, it may not be as simple as, like, oh, God doesn't love me or doesn't care about me as much as that person, you know, I, I think he's doing something bigger that maybe we just don't get to see yet, you know.
3: I did not know how to answer this question shortly, so I'm sorry. This is kind of a long-winded response, but, um, yeah, it's just a super hard question because I think there's just a lot of emotion attached to it. Um, I think a ton of us in here have experienced very up-close and personal loss, um, such as a parent, a spouse, a child, an unborn child, or a friend. Um, some taken super suddenly where you didn't even get the chance or opportunity to pray for their, on their behalf for healing, and some where you spent months or years praying only for them to succumb to their illness. Um, Maybe you yourself are the one struggling with an illness and praying for healing. Uh, I think from what I can see in the Bible, the short answer to do we have the healing power of prayer, like Stephen was saying, is yes. I think scripture hasn't given us any reason to think that the ability to heal stopped with the disciples, but I also know it's hard to reconcile that with the loss that so many of us have experienced despite praying for healing. Yeah. I think uh, many of us here probably have heard a story or have someone you know, like what Stephen was saying, that underwent some sort of miraculous healing. Um, I'm not sure if any of you guys are reading the book by Tyler Staten, um, that were that is kind of going along with what we're talking about in small groups, but praying like monks and living like fools. Um, he has a whole chapter that's kind of dedicated to this, and he talks about his brother-in-law who thought he was having heartburn and turned out it was actually a torn aorta, and um ended up going in for like emergency he went under emergency surgery lasted hours it was already like a grim situation before he went into surgery and then um the surgeon just could not find the bleed and had been looking for hours and hours and basically declared him dead on the table but then there was a nursing student that was in there and she started praying for healing for him and then Suddenly, after like five hours, the surgeon found the location of the bleed and was able to stop it and save him. And he's doing fine now. And so um, Tyler talks about um, there's this tension that's there. Like, that's great that you saved your your brother-in-law got saved. But what about me? Or what about my family member? or What about, you know, whoever else that died or is still sick and suffering even though they had um, or have had tons of people praying for them? And, again, it's super hard. I don't really have an answer for that, but I think it's obvious that um, from Scripture, scripture, Jesus teaches us that um, we are given that authority through him to heal, and that he still wants us to participate in asking and interceding on those people's behalves. just from that chapter, I just grabbed these scriptures, but where Jesus says, ask and it'll be given to you, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open to you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe it, that you have received it, and it'll be yours. And whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, you may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, whatever you wish, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. But then, what does that look like when the prayers don't get answered the way that we want them to? So um, there's this other author and speaker that I really like named Beth Kuchenberger. Um, she wrote a book called Relentless Hope, Extracting the Precious from the Worthless, um, which she gets from the um, Jeremiah 15, uh, 15 through 21. It's in the New American Standard Bible where they use this language. But it's basically Jeremiah calling out to God and his suffering and God's response, which says, um you, sorry, you who know, O Lord, remember me and take notice of me, and take vengeance from me on my persecutors. Do not, in view of your patience, take me away. Know that for your sake I endure reproach. Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I have been called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the circle of merrymakers, nor did I exult. Because of your hand upon me, I sat alone. You filled me with indignation. Why has my pain been perpetual? and my wound incurable, refusing to be healed. Will you indeed be to me like a deceptive stream with water that is unreliable? Therefore, says the Lord, if you return, then I will restore you. Before me you will stand, and if you exalt the precious, if you extract the precious from the worthless, you will become my spokesman. They, for their part, may turn to you, but as for you, you must not turn to them. Then I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze, and they've might fight against you but they will not prevail over you for i am with you to save you and deliver you so i will deliver you from the hand of the wicked and i will redeem you from the grasp of the violent um so her book is basically this testimony after testimony of people in the midst of suffering and trying to extract the precious from the worthless from what's going on and god using them um in spite of their suffering and so i think again with this in mind we have to look at the big picture and the character of god and believe that his goal really is restoration of his creation. And that he is good in spite of all the suffering. Um, it wasn't his original plan. And so this may look different for us in our sense of wanting restoration for um, that Sorry, so it may look different for us in our sense of wanting restoration to be immediate, but I think that that's where we have to let faith step in. Um, I I really like this quote from her book. It's long, but I think it's worth it to, to say it, but the context of the quote is that her dad was dying of cancer and she's trying to grapple with her expectations of God healing him, and yet her seeing him actively dying in front of her. I can do this. <laughs> so she says, I had to ask myself in this season, was I willing to grow my faith to the point that I believe that there is no circumstance that he can't use for his glory and our greater good? Or would I keep my faith inside a frame I had always known and diminished what could come of such a terrible reality? I had made God into something he was not, like a personal magician whom I could coax into doing a trick for me. Today... 15 plus years later and wiser, vastly more exposed to the needs that are painful and circumstances that are not easily solved, I believe in a bigger God. I believe in a God who has our whole lives in his hands and whose timing is clearly different than mine. God could be more or could God be more than a chronological order of days? Could his story have started long before I arrived and still be going on after its perceived end? The story of my dad's illness And subsequent death still isn't over yet, no matter how much it felt like the end when it happened. I could try to explain his death with layers of stories that came in the seasons following his funeral, but that doesn't feel right. I know God could have touched those lives in a lot of ways without killing off my dad to do it. I think rather that we live in a world that has been broken, broken physically and spiritually. God could have pulled his hands off and God could have pulled his hands off and watched it all spiral out of control with sin, disease, pain, and more. Instead, he's chosen to intervene and to redeem what is happening and use those situations regardless of their causes for his greater good and the good of those bearing witness to it. He has made us to be in relationship with him and for that relationship to be evolving and growing as we experience the life and faith around us. I wish I could have learned that lesson and experienced that intimacy in a million other ways, but one thing I get to take away from dad's death is when I intersect with a situation or a circumstance, a relationship, um, and I find it too hard or too big, too difficult, or too heavy to lift, I remind myself that I'm looking at it from one point in time, kind of like what Stephen was saying. There are plot lines going on all around that point that will culminate in the next chapter. The story isn't over yet. The frame can be expanded, excuse me, the frame can be expanded and it won't break. Um, So that's the end of her quote. But So going back to the question, personally, I believe, yes, we have the same healing power that the disciples were given. Does that healing always look like how we want? I don't think so. But I think we can trust that God is working to bring restoration to the world and that we can work to extract the precious from the worthless, to use her terms, in the process. And um, I mentioned this after Grant's sermon um, that when Chelsea kind of posed that question of... What if you don't see God working? And I think it's okay to tell God that I don't see you working in this situation, but can you open my eyes to the way that, ways that you are? And I think God will be faithful to that.
0: Um, that is all the time we're able to to talk about these questions, but I do want to ask um, Kurt if you'd be willing to just close us in a prayer, an encouraging prayer. And this is, what did And a singer song, yeah. Um, as you can tell, like, obviously when we ask questions like this, the questions you guys have submitted, like, they are, range from just the curious to the very, like, you know, deeply affecting um, our stories and stuff. And so this is the conversation we want to keep going about prayer and talking with each other about. And this is what God wants us to do as well. He doesn't want prayer just to be something we like to talk about, but we like to talk with each other about the things we are asking God to do, the things that we're having a hard time being patient with him about. Um, it's real stuff. I mean, it's, this is what it's like. It's not just an interesting thing sort of theological um, topic or whatever. It's about our daily lives, the highs and the lows and stuff. So um, also before Kurt prays, let's just thank our panelists here for being willing to share. Let's go to God in prayer.
2: God, we just um, come to you in prayer, like we've been talking about, and Lord, we don't know how it all works, but we know you work, and we see you through history of time, through the good and the bad. Lord, you've always been there with us, and you, you ask us as believers to lift you up in prayer and talk to you, Lord, and have that conversation with you, and Lord, help us never to give up on that, that it's right there at the end of our our lips to be able to speak to you constantly help us never to forget that help us to take the things that we have learned today lord and everything we've learned lord is from you i mean it, it really is and so we just want it to be tools to um, share that with our group today and we just lift that up lord i lift up the people in this room that have, have hurt before or still hurting, Lord, that um, just with this life and, and the things that this life brings, and we don't understand, Lord, and uh, Lord, like um, Em was saying about just rest, restoring all of this one day, Lord, we just have to believe and, and be patient, Lord, even when it hurts and when we don't understand and we don't agree with it, Lord. Thanks for your love, and thanks for this community, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
1: Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week, and you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.